Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief over at arrowheadpride.com. If you're a fan of the channel, you notice there was no editor show with myself and John Dixon today, and that was because it was a day full of Zoom press conferences with your Kansas City Chiefs, which is why you get a From the Podium instead. On this podcast, you'll hear from Andy Reid, Frank Clark, Charvarius Ward, DeAndre Washington, and Kalechi Osimile. On the first half of the podcast, you'll get Reed, Clark, and Ward. We'll take a quick break, and then you'll get Washington and Osimile. If you want to hear from a player or coach in particular, we have the timestamps in the description. Let's start with the Chiefs head coach. Here's Andy Reed. So listen, we're we're excited uh, to be back. I, we've had now a chance for the rookies to go through the first phase of um, of this training camp, and that's lifting and conditioning with a walkthrough. And then uh, they were able to start today with their uh, padded shirts and helmet practice. Um, and that went well. Uh, again, numbers are, are minimal for how many rookies we have. So, um, but we were able to get some work done with them, which is, which is great. I mean, uh, for not having the time that we had before to have it now is, is perfect. So, and then the veterans are, Continuing to lift, they've got about four more days of that uh, program and um, conditioning. So, and then they'll be back up and and uh, going through this same process with with uh, that the rookies are with uh, the padded shirts, and we'll kind of mesh them together at that point, and uh, everybody will work together. So the rookies went this morning separate from uh, the veterans. So. Um, they had a little bit earlier practice uh, than what the veterans did. Anyways, um, all all's gone well. Um, Damian Williams, I think uh, we're all aware of that. We haven't met since then, but um, mo- most of all, uh, we we wish his mother the best, and uh, she has suffered right now. And and uh, and for Damon to take the time to um, to be with her, I think is. You know, that, that kind of explains it right there. So uh, we're all with him uh, as he works through that. And um, I think that kind of catches us up uh, uh, transa- transaction-wise where we're, where we're at. So anyways, with that, time's yours. <clears throat> Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Adam. Thank you. Good. Uh, Andy, do you have uh, any plans to quarantine Pat or Chad Haney or Matt Moore, any of your quarterbacks? And if so, what's that going to look like? Yeah, so you're you're not – we're not in a position where you can quarantine guys. So uh, that's not the way uh, the camps are set up um, and what's in the collective bargaining agreement. So uh, which uh, I understand. Now that's where it becomes important that everybody – takes care of themselves the best they can when they're away and, uh, and also in the building. But uh, most of all, when they're, 
when they're away. They've been doing a great job, Adam, of wearing masks, doing the right things in meetings, and with that uh, on the practice field when needed. Again, that's not mandatory there, but certain guys wear them, certain guys don't. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, the guys have been so diligent about it, and they remind each other about it. our players committee has been phenomenal with it. So um, reminding guys in their positions. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, good morning, coach. How are you doing? Hi, Herbie. Good morning. Hey, uh, two questions here for you, coach. With the opt-out deadline being pushed back to the end of the week, Thursday or Friday, according to numerous reports, how much do you anticipate other players electing to go that route um, as far as discussions you've had with them? And then the second question, um, Osamelli, what is he giving you at the guard position or even along the offensive line, and how do you project using him? Yeah, so um, as far as opting out, um, that's at the player's discretion. I mean, I don't, I don't know, um, uh, and that's not because I don't communicate with the players. It's just that that's a personal thing for them, so I don't interfere with, with that. Um, uh, as far as Osamelli goes, um, I sure like him. And I, I, we had him in the Pro Bowl one year, and uh, I liked him there as a guy, and, and uh, I'm glad he's with us. So it, it builds a depth for us and competition. And Herbie, as you know, that generates uh, good offensive line play or, or any position play when you have that kind of competition. So Andy Heck works all those guys in, so he keeps a rotation going, and, and uh, they're all kind of interchangeable there they, uh, the way Andy does it. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. Good to see you this morning. Hey, Nate. Yeah, likewise. Um, because you guys won't have preseason games this year, I'm, I'm just wondering how much you had to sort of adjust your training camp schedule as you ramp up to the scheduled home opener. How much will that affect uh, line play position, both on offensive and defensive end? And then secondly, because you get, uh, you know, more – men at the offensive line position, just how do you think Andy Heck is going to rotate those guys in when you know you're not going to have an opponent to sort of look at from film-wise to suggest who should be the starter for opening day? Yeah, so we'll get a feel on that. Um, and in particular, when the we've brought in some a couple of veteran players, and then obviously we got a couple of young players that we like to. But uh, we'll, be able, we'll be able to tell. The, uh, the thing – you got to flash back to your college days, and uh, and that's kind of how this is going to be at the start. I think uh, when you look at it, so you're not going to have an opportunity for preseason games, but but that's okay. That's everybody. Um, I think the league's done a nice job, along with the union, on building up ramp up days for the guys. Um, not only once we put the uh, the padded shirts and shells on, we go two and two on those. Um, but also when we start in pads, they're, they're actual ramp-up days, so it's a shorter period of time on the field. And then it gradually gets up to what the CBA rules are, which is two and a half hours on the field. So, uh, well, I, I think that's a positive. We've got plenty of practices. You know, that, that's one thing we do have in order to evaluate them for our guys to, to get into uh, where they're comfortable playing shape. So um, I, think, I think it'll all work out. Well, I, I still think it's going to be a good product on the field for the fans, um, and uh, it'll be good to get to that point. So, uh, you know, down the road here. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Coach. Thanks for taking some time with us. Uh, I was curious. Um, I know 
the the team is is with Damian off the field, uh, it does leave a big vacancy on the field just because this was someone you guys named the starter last year. And I just was curious, um, are you going in the direction of Clyde? Is it something you're still figuring out? And then when it comes to Clyde, what if it if he is the guy, what makes you think uh, he'll be ready for this type of task uh, as a rookie? Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna get Clyde ready to play, um, and he's gonna get ready to play. Uh, but we're lucky that we have a pretty good nucleus of running backs there, so we're not uh, we're not in. Uh, listen, it'd be great to have Damian, but it, it, on the other hand, I, I think if you have to pick a position where you've got some talent, uh, that's a that's a position that we can work with, and um, and we're in a pretty good position. I think Brett and his guys did a great job with that kind of stockpile in that position. But, but for your answer with Clyde, we're going to get him ready to, ready to play. And he's, he's wired that way. The more you guys get to know him and ladies, uh, the more you get to know him, uh, I think you understand his maturity and, and uh, kind of how he's wired. Yeah. Let's go to Seren Petra. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, uh, thank you for the time today. Uh, I'm curious, what, what's your reaction when you see what's going on with Major League Baseball, how they're really struggling uh, and, and are there ongoing conversations that you're having? I know how much you were a part of uh, trying to get everything set up to be as safe as possible, but do you, do you look at it? Are you talking about flying in, flying out, day of games to, to minimize where you're going? And, and is there a baseball seems to be now looking at shifting to a bubble for their postseason? Uh, what kind of bubble talk, if you could tell me as well, and, and why you, know, you did or didn't go and whether or not that would be a possibility for the league? Yeah, so so I think baseball did a good job of uh, make you know they figured that this something like this possibly could happen. So the way they set that up, I think they did a good job with it. Um, likewise, I think our league has. I mean, we're we're in a position where uh, we you know you don't want guys to get the, you don't want coaches to get this, but um, there, there's a chance that happens, and then and then you've got to adjust and you've got to move. As far as the bubble at the end uh, for the playoffs, I, I can't answer that. I think, you know, we just see how things are going in the league. Will I mean, I'm not going to do this, but the league will monitor that as we go. But, um, I, again, I think baseball kind of built into theirs, uh, anticipating something like this possibly could happen and then um, be flexible with it. Let's go to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, uh, Andy, thanks for the time. Uh, what, I, what I was wondering about is kind of along the same lines of what Seren just asked you, but does that give you any hesitation, what you've seen in baseball, uh, you know, what, what you guys are trying to do, and, and what gives you confidence that this, that what you guys are going to do is going to be more successful than, than what baseball is seeing right now? Yeah, well, um, like I said, I, we've got things programmed in, uh, a plan in case it does happen. I mean, that's the league has built that in. We tried to do the same thing with the roster, uh, but this is—I I mean, Rick said it initially. This is your—your. There's an unknown, right? We don't—you uh, can't see this thing, and uh, and so uh, and you don't know who it's going to affect. But we, we've all got to stay flexible with it, and uh, as long as we do that, and and I, I think of as long as the coaches and the, and the players do the best they can, you know, to wash their hands and keep the mask on and, and social distance and then do that same thing in building and out of building, I think, uh, you know, you can make this thing happen. So, and then we'll just see. We'll see how it, how it goes. Um, just tell me you're not at like Yellowstone Park right now. Just tell me that. 
you look like you're on a nice ride right there. Yeah, I wish. No, we, uh, <laughs> we are on our way back home. We're taking full advantage of the uh, work from home policies All right. here. All right. <laughs> I'm not driving. I see that. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go to uh, Vahe. Vahe, go ahead. Hey, Andy, good to see you. Um, I, I was, this might seem like ancient history to you now, but I, I wonder if, if after the Super Bowl, if you it can point to a, one particular sort of quiet moment of we did it that, that was when you, when you just stopped and appreciated it. And related to that, I just, I just wonder what the difference feels like between the burn you guys had after last season losing to the Patriots and what you come in with this feeling. Yeah, well, I, I think in both cases, um, we have a team, and Brett, I mean, my hat goes off to Brett for the job that he did, but um, we have teammates that like each other, like being around each other. The coaches uh, like being around the guys. So we've had that atmosphere here for a couple of years now. Not that we didn't before, but, I mean, you're asking me about the two years. But So I haven't noticed a, a lot of difference there. I, I think Vahe – uh, kind of haven't been through this. Um, but, you know, once you get there, you want to get back. And, and so that's well and good. Uh, but you got to go through the process. And I think they all know that. Um, and they're, they're working hard right now. And so what you do is you go off of those, those indicators that, and, and response. Uh, are the coaches working hard? Are the players working hard? That's most important right now. And I, I see that. So that's got to continue now throughout. And, heck, heck there are going to be some up and downs, right? I mean, that's how seasons are. It happens in games. It happens during the season. And, and you got to work through that and, and, uh, and stay positive and, and work to get better every, every day and every week. So that's kind of where our emphasis is right now. And I haven't seen anything that um, has retracted me or my feelings on that, that they're not willing to work. Let's go to Karen. Go ahead, Karen. All right. Hi, Coach. How are you doing, Karen? Great to see you, sir. Um, Two questions. One, have you been able to talk to Coach Peterson after his COVID diagnosis? And the other thing is just when you do start preparing for contact, you know, besides breathing on each other on the line, there's sweat, there's blood, there's what kinds of things are a step up in protection that we can expect to see once the season gets going and there's contact there? Yeah, so I think what the, what the league has said, it's a contact sport. And I would just, again, reference back to them. It's a contact sport. We're going to try to limit um, – I, I think you try to limit the amount that you have there, although you've got to practice it. So, um, and then take as safe of measures as you can with it. So Oakley's come out with some different things that the players will experiment with and – uh, whether they like it or not, they, they can experiment with it and, and put it in that position. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to do the best we can with, with, uh, with the situation. So, All right, guys, we've got time for a few more here. We're going to go Harold, Matt Derrick, and then Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Andy, hope you're doing well. I wanted to ask you, I saw the visuals of you guys wearing the face shields while you're out at practice. Just I wanted to know how that's going for you. Eric Bienemy was too. I, we just see the images. It seems a little goofy at first to see, but how's that working out for you? And also, if there's anything that um, DeAndre Washington told you about Patrick Mahomes that you didn't know in your time that you spent with him. Um, 
Yeah, so I'll start with the first one. You know, if you're a beekeeper, you'd feel real comfortable. So uh, with the mask on, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It, it is uh, different. Um, you, you have players and coaches, really, once you're on the field, um, you, there's no necessarily regulation on them. You'll see all the coaches with some kind of either a mask on or a shield, sometimes both. And, um, and so that's the way we're rolling and as, as a staff. And, um, and then your other one was, I, I'm not sure, f- finish the second part of that. Go ahead. The DeAndre. You, you kind yeah, of, anything DeAndre has told you about Patrick that you may not have known since they both spent time at Tech together. <laughs> no, they're uh, – no, no, neither. I haven't talked to either one about it. So, yeah, either. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, good morning. Uh, go Circling back to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a week or so ago he told us that picking up the playbook had been really easy for him. How much of that points to his high football IQ and how much of that is – you know, rookies not really getting a chance to get on the field in the offseason and, and really, you know, see what the NFL is. Yeah, so I think the virtual party took it serious and studied. Um, and then uh, he's a sharp kid. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's been blessed upstairs there. So he picks things up uh, fairly easy. Now, we'll overload him here once the, the veterans get in. I mean, that's just how it goes. And, and um and we'll see how see how he does. I, I wouldn't expect anything different than what I've seen now. He, he just he's gonna he's a proud kid that wants to make it right and and is willing to work to do it. So he on and off the field, which is important. Uh, let's go to Matt McMullen for a final one. Hey, coach. Um, it's obviously been a, a very unique offseason, obviously, with working with these guys virtually. But as a coach, you finally get to work with these guys in the building one on one. Just how excited are you as a coach to be able to finally do that? Yeah, so it's great to have them have them back. I mean, I like the energy that they have. Like I said, they like being around each other, which which is important. Um, and and they're willing to work. So they've been with Barry most of the time um, with the lifting and and conditioning phase. But the, the times that we've had them in meetings and then for the walkthrough, they've been great. And then to have the rookies today actually be able to put a helmet on was uh, it was kind of fun to watch. They they moved around pretty good, even though the numbers uh, we don't we don't have a lot of bodies out there, but they they sure worked well. Coach, we appreciate the time today. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, just wanted to see what your off season was like, and also what's on the table for you to prove this season. Oh man, I had a wonderful off season. Um, you know, kind of untraditional with everything that's been going on you know, with the covering and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just try to stay focused, as focused as possible. Um, you know, and they closed a lot of gyms and stuff where I was at, where I trained out in Los Angeles. But, you know, was able to do a lot of um, good things still and, you know, focus on training, just a lot more time to spend with my family and, you know, with people who I hadn't necessarily, you know, had time to catch up with over the years. Um, you know, a lot more time to handle some business and stuff like that. You know, we had played a lot of football, you know, winning the Super Bowl, so a lot of the you know, that extra time to focus on some of the stuff off the field. So, um, you know, that was the dopest part about the offseason. Let's go to Bob Fesco. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, Frank, I just want to kind of know, as, as you're one of the team leaders out there, what what's the, like, the ability for you guys to hold everybody accountable for doing the right things away from the facility, seeing what, you know, the Hunt family and everybody invested in to you guys to have the facility up and running the way it is for the COVID stuff? 
Oh, man, you know, shouts out to them because, I mean, we walk around, you guys haven't really been able to see, but um, we walk around, they've done a magnificent job, you know, from the top to the bottom, you know, and just every day, you know, providing us with a safe and, um, you know, a safe and energetic, you know, um, learning community, basically, you know, for us to come in and be able to, you know, sit in class and sit in, um, you know, go on the field and be able to produce and practice in the safe, you know, and, um, you know, community. And I feel like that's been most important. You know, there's been so many questions about, you know, the safety of our players, safety of the coaches, you know, us having to go home and stuff. And I, I just, you know, feel like, you know, everybody over here in our building, they just done an excellent job and, you know, providing us with a, you know, like I said, a safe community for us to work in. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, what's up, Frank? Um, good. Um, I wonder if you could backtrack a little bit to 12 months ago. You know, you had come in, you hadn't played for the Chiefs yet, you had signed a big contract. Um, so I'm wondering about the mental aspect that maybe it's different this year, if maybe it's a little bit more relaxed. And then also physically, I mean, it was around this time or maybe a couple of weeks later that you started dealing with that pinched nerve. So um, just if you could compare the, the, the mental and physical aspects of what you're feeling right now compared to this time last year. Um, man, I feel excellent. Um, you know, of course, you, you're going to go through stuff. Being a football player, you can always feel little nicks and stuff like that, but you know, I'm not feeling that pinched nerve, and I feel like that's the most important thing right now for me. You know, I had a slow start last year. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm always played thought. I don't give excuses. I really don't care about excuses and stuff like that. But I had a slow start, and I had some things hold me back. And um, I was so adamant about getting back. If you was around me at all last year, if you spent some time in that locker room as, um, you know, one of the media guys, um, you know how adamant I was about just getting back and how much I wanted to heal up as fast as I could and, you know, try to do some things faster than what God, you know, had to plan for us. So, but, you know, things came around when it, when it did, you know, and it, you know, I'll stay focused on treatment, you know, shout out to, you know, our treatment room. They do an excellent job of, you know, like I said, getting us back out on that field. And, um, but, you know, the other part is your part. You got to be at treatment. You got to focus. You got to, you know, take it all in, understand what they're trying to do to get you back. And um, that's all I did. I bought into what they were telling, you know, you got to trust your, your trainers at some point. And, understand they want the best for you, and I did that. And I was able to get back out there and help my team win the Super Bowl. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Frank, good to see you. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, for the guys that are returning on defense, obviously I know you're happy with, with Chris being with you and obviously having a relationship with Tyron and those guys. Um, now that you all are together, what have the conversations been like on what you all want to accomplish in the second part of this, you know, sort of defensive run. And then adding a new guy like Taco in, just how eager are you to see what he does in this defense and how much have you tried to sort of get him accustomed to, obviously, you know, unusual circumstances in the building, but getting more, you know, used to the guys, the new guys around him? Yeah. Um, honestly, Taco is a fun, energetic type of guy to be around. But um, going off what you had first asked, you know, it's just with me and Tyron and, you know, some of the other guys, you got hits, you got, you know, it's a host of guys, you know, who are um, leaders on that defensive side. But, you know, me and Tyron, the main thing is, man, just staying in tune with each other. You know, I feel like that's the biggest thing that happens when guys have success. Guys, guys go in Super Bowl, you know, um, you got prima diamonds, you got this guy wanting to go off and do this. You got different guys coming to work with different mindsets. They're not focused on the one goal, and that's to win the championship. And um, I feel like that's where – our strength is, you know, and we haven't wavered from that. It's having that short memory. Um, yeah, we won the Super Bowl last year, but that was last year. You know, some guys get, you know, cocky. They 
they love that feeling. They love the emotions of winning and, and carry that on the next year. And they don't really do shit for them, you know, on the field for, um, you know, this year, you know, um, honestly. Us being champions last year, nobody cares about that. I know our coach don't care about that. You know, that's all fun. You know, that's nice. You know, it's pretty nice. It's cute and all, but, you know, we got um, stuff to do this year and a um, whole new set of goals. Um, we got to win the AFC championship, and that's where it starts. Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Frank, kind of a similar question, actually, but you guys were the best NFL, best defense in the NFL from week 11, basically through the end of the year. With guys like you and Tyron and the leaders you have on this team, what gives you confidence you guys can be the best defense in the NFL to start this season? And just our, our ability to um, work and practice, I feel, I feel like that's where we beat every team. Um, can't give them too much, but, uh, I mean, you guys know, we out there flying around, having fun, um, and challenging each other. I feel like it's a lot of competition. You know, when you got guys that's um, coming into work day in, day out, whether it's pushing you to be the best at your position or be the best on defense or be the best you can be offensively or be the best teammate you can be for the guys who's not playing necessarily. You know, those guys' roles are just as important as, you know, the guys out there running around on the field. You know, I couldn't run around on the field, you know, and do what I do if I didn't have my boys on the sideline or those guys who I'm in practice working hard with every day if I didn't have those guys pushing me to be better than what I am. Let's go to James Palmer. Go ahead, James. Hey, Frank, hope you're doing well, man. Uh, kind of two parts to this. When you guys go over what you want to do schematically, how much do you look at different pressures you guys are working on now that you probably in year one couldn't even probably maybe get to? Is it expanding in that sense of what you guys can do to bring pressure to the quarterback? And then also with Chris coming back and you and him, how does – his play impacts what you see from a tackle, and how do you impact kind of what Chris does when you guys go over film? Um, <laughs> man, that's a good question. But it's kind of simple. I mean, it's an easy answer. It's a great question, but an easy answer. When you, when I, when you start asking questions about me and Chris, I get kind of – I get um, I get, I get a nice smile come over my face, I guess, because that's my dog. You know, I'm so happy he got paid and stuff. He was able to come back, you know, with all those type of things. But – just so happy, man. And, um, you know, with Chris, you know, he's a smart player. You know, he's so fun to be around, uh, you know, off the field and even on the field. But he's such a smart player. And he seems like he just gets better and better. You know, I remember watching film on Chris when, you know, I was a younger player, probably, what, three or whatever. And he was he just a year behind me, really. And um, watching him, and I'm like, wow, who's this young guy? You know what I mean? You're a beast. And, uh, you know, finally getting the chance to get out here, get um, acclimated with the system and to be able to play with him. You know, um, last year was just – it was great. And now, you know, us, we talk all the time. And um, we look at each other and we understand, you know, what's asked of us. We understand the type of pressure that, that's put on players like us. But, um, you know, we embrace it too. You know, it's all fun. It's fun. Like I tell him, you know, have fun with it. You know, don't let it stress you out too much. And uh, he tell me the same. Like, we're going to be the best, you know, um, two defensive linemen ever to play the game together. And that's one of the things we always talk about. You know, we got, you know, a few years to be something great. You know, just the reality of the game. You know, you got a few years in that window to, to do something great and to be the greatest you can be at doing it, and um, why not do it? And um, to piggyback on your other answer, just about the, um, the defense. You know, we just constantly just stand fresh, man. You, you buy in the pressures and stuff. Pressure's nice. You know, I love four-man pass rushes, though. You know, I tell my linebackers they can drop back there and get off the way. They be in the way sometimes. Let's go to Danny Wilniak. Go ahead, Danny. Hi, Frank. How you doing, man? Good, Danny. <laughs> Good. So, 
Andy Reid talks a lot about how the preseason is vital for the offense to get timing down before you go into the regular season. But how much does not having preseason games impact defense? And how do you guys have to change your mentality as you go into the regular season without those like scrimmage games? Yeah. Well, the biggest thing from what I understand as a, you know, being younger and more time I was playing in the preseason is just the development part. I feel like that's a huge, um, you know, development period that the rookies are going to miss. You know, I was telling some of them today, like, man, it's kind of going to be untraditional this year because, you know, y'all missing a huge part of the game. And that was that. Really, it's that after you get drafted, it's that first acclimation period, you know, introducing them to the NFL. Then you got to go to the training camp and stuff like that. Like, they missed a lot of it. So it's like, y'all got to really understand that y'all work is going to come from practice. It's going to come from training camp. It's going to come from really locking in and understanding, understanding this family because y'all not going to have an acclimation period like the preseason where it's, you know, quote, unquote, you know, every the, the, the competition level is the same. And, you know what I mean? Going right into the fire, basically. You know, you're going to a league where you got a, a 12-year pro, all pro, who you might be going against, and you got to be ready for them. Just simple as put. I mean, I, I first got in the league, I had to be prepared for Trent Williams, Jason Peters, and all these type of dudes all within the first four or five weeks of my season. I'm just looking at myself like, wow, that's going to be a long year. You know, I understood that. But if you embrace it, you know, tell them simply, welcome to the brotherhood. We've got time for one more, guys. Let's go to Darren. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Frank, uh, thank you, first of all, for joining us, man. And, uh, uh, you know, my question scares away from, from the football field. But obviously, you, you know, it touched you, obviously, to pay for the funeral of, uh, of Legion of Telephero, and I want to know, like, what, what, what went into your thought process and, and how, how much more active will we see players like you inside the Kansas City community? Because this happened just six blocks from where I live here in Kansas City. So I want to know, you know, like, have you talked with other players and how, how would, would Patrick's uh, voter registration, will you all be instrumental in the third and fifth district here in Kansas City where, where voter registration and voter suppression will be taking place come November? Yes, man, that's crazy you mentioned that about voting, actually. I'm going to get back to the other part, but that's crazy you mentioned that about voting because um, as far as Kansas City Chiefs are concerned, our um, staff has been very active in just, you know, um, helping us get registered if you're not registered voting in the state or um, whether you're an absentee voter um, and just explaining the language. Some guys don't understand the language of voting, you know, one, because they never really talked about it. They've never been comfortable talking about it to somebody, but um, – it's so important. I feel like, and then just coming up with this, this, um, you know, this voting mark, it's just so important for, for, for the younger people who, you know, are able to vote, who've never voted or, you know, probably look at it like, oh, it's not that serious or my vote don't count. I feel like it's very important for you to get out there and, and understand who you're voting for, you know, do some research and understand the candidates and everything, you know, because, you know, don't, don't do it by popular demand on what you read on Instagram and TV because, you know, sometimes that can affect the outcome of our country in the years to come. But um, on another on the other note with, you know, um, my young boy, man, it's, it's sad because you got, you know, growing up, myself growing up in the inner city community, man, I had plenty of nights where I had to, you know, duck some bullets, duck, you know, they shot my house up twice, two days back to back growing up in inner city Los Angeles. And um, they shot our house up twice back to back in one week. And um, I remember being a kid laying down on the couch and my auntie putting me on the carpet and, um, you know, seeing bullets fly through my house. You know, then the next day, doing, seeing it again and then watching my uncle get shot. And then, you know, fast forward and then, I, uh, you know, the story comes out about Lee John. And 
what's going on with that. It's like, come on, you know, somebody had to be there, and I just had it on my mind. You know, I don't like credit for stuff like that because it just naturally me. But um, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to be there. Would I challenge other people to step up and do things like that? I don't know. You know, like I said, it's just me. You know, it's just whether they step up or not. I feel like I'm. I'm always do things like that. It's just pure. I'm. I got a pure heart. You know, and when things like that happen, and I don't see nothing taking. You know, nobody taking action, or you know, um, it's not really being talked about. You know, it touches me somewhere. That's really what happened. Frank, we appreciate you taking the time today. Hopefully, we get to talk to you soon. I appreciate y'all. You know, you took a big leap from year one to year two, but a lot of guys like Tyron say that, you know, it's year two to year three that you really sometimes take the biggest jump. Where do you feel like you are right now? And even with this weird off season, you know, where are you as far as what you think you can do better this year? Uh, honestly, I feel like I can be one of the best young corners in the game. As long as I just keep believing in myself and having confidence in myself out the field and on the field, I mean, the sky's the limit for me, so I feel like I'm going to be one of the best young corners in the game this season. I'm going to earn my respect this year. Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Charvarius. Uh, Matt just mentioned Tyron, uh, how he's helped you progress as a player. How has just having him around last year and going into this season, how has he helped you grow as a player? Yeah, he's one of my biggest supporters. Like, from day one, he was always telling me, like, I know you can play corner. You got the size. You got the ability. You just got to know the mental part of the game. And once you learn that, your game goes to a whole other level. So, I mean, he, as far as, like, him helping me, it's, it's mostly in the classroom, the classroom decks and over the game. Let's go to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Chavez, how you doing, man? Hey, you, you are from Mississippi, went to Bacombe High School and then Highest Community College in Mississippi. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Confederate flag symbol being removed from part of the state flag? Uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it should have been gone a long time ago, so I'm, I'm glad they, they made it this, that decision to finally get rid of it. Um, I look forward to seeing what they come up with now, but, I mean, I think it's a good thing, definitely. Let's go to Len Jennings. Go ahead, Len. Hey, Chavez, hey, thanks for taking the time out to uh, speak with us today. We, see, we, got, we got a taste of what Spag's uh, defensive system can do at the end of last season. Is there kind of a sense of eagerness to kind of get going more into that system, especially, especially looking back at the success you guys had in the later part of last year? All right, so we did, we did defend the Super Bowl team, so of course we, we ready to get out there and defend our throne. I mean, I'm glad the coaches um, got the same defensive style as, uh, as, as last year. I feel like everybody knows the system um, way better, so we're just building camaraderie right now. Is getting to know each other better and better and better. And I feel like this season we could be one of the best demons in the league as long as we keep grinding, keep working, keep keep grinding day by day. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Javier. It's good to see you. Um, earlier this offseason, we talked to Sam Madison, and I know uh, we sort of asked some questions about you, and you guys were going, I think, through the remote offseason program. I'm just wondering, when you watched film of yourself – uh, and maybe of some other guys, did you sort of identify areas where you may get better at, you know, uh, interceptions or, you know, forcing turnovers? That that appeared to be the big thing that Sam wanted you to sort of focus in on in year three, just wondering what you may have seen of yourself that gives you confidence of, of maybe being a little bit more of a playmaker in terms of getting the ball this year. Right, yeah, so so that's one of my biggest things, like getting the ball this year, like as far as interceptions, uh, interceptions, scripting the ball, ripping the ball out of the – Instead of batting the ball down this year, I'm going over two hands, trying to hop on the ball, getting interceptions, just, just trying to make turnovers, get the ball back to Pat, Tyreek, and, and Sammy, and Travis, and all those guys, so they can score more points. So that's one of my key areas of focus this year, uh, turnovers. 
Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. It's your very kind, of, kind of like to piggyback off of what Nate just asked you there. And I know you know this stat. Last year, one wide receiver for a 100-yard game, and that came all the way like at the beginning of the season. But what do you guys do as a collective group to as an encore, and how do you build off of that? Uh, I feel like I, I, I grew up with DBs. We some dogs. Like, we believe in each other. We know what we can do. Not too many people around the league give us a lot of respect because we don't have too many big names outside of Tyron. But, like, we got a lot of young talent. Like, we real young, we, we, but we fast. We can play ball. So, I mean, we, we just got that dog mentality that can't nobody – can't nobody can, ain't no, no one's going to come out there and, and do nothing on us. So, we some dogs out there. That's all. Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Chavez. Hope everything's good, man. Uh, my question to you is just about being a lockdown corner this year. You were kind of coming into your own last season with that, but now trying to be the lockdown guy with a little more attention paid toward you now. How are you embracing that position, especially with, uh, you know, no preseason and Rashad Breeland potentially being out for the first couple games? Well, I just, I just believe in myself and my ability. I know, I know what I can do on the field. I just got to show the world, show, show, the, show the coaches, show you guys, show the media, show the fans, um, show everybody that I, can, that I can be a lockdown corner. I think I can. I know I can. I'm going to do it. It's a good time. Looks like our last one is from Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Traverius, thanks for taking some time. Uh, you mentioned you want to be one of uh, the best young cornerbacks in the game, and I, I just was curious, in, my, in your mind, what does that look like? What does that mean? Like, what do you foresee in someone who would be considered that? What, what type of uh, traits? Uh, just going out there, taking on the best receiver every week, um, not getting burned, not giving up touchdowns, um, challenging every throw, um, catching interceptions, forcing turnovers, all of that. Like, just being a big dog, being a leader, being a leader in the cornerback room in the secondary because I know Breland's really, really not going to be around the first four games, so I know i got to step up my leadership. So it's just, it's just that, man. i just got to be a leader, just, just be a top dog. Mooney, looks like we have one more question that's a late ad here. Nate Taylor with our final question. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Traverse, I, I just got one more for you. Um, it's about the rookies, obviously, uh, Ladarius and Bo Peep. You've uh, gotten a chance to get to know them kind of virtually a little bit this week. Uh, just what do you see from them? that may be able to help you guys early in the year and just how will you try to help them uh, along in their sort of development since they're not going to have preseason games this year? Uh, well, first of all, I noticed they land, they long, they got a similar um, makeup, makeup as me, they long, I'm pretty sure they're fast, they can run. Those good players in college. So we, uh, we just got to, we just got to guide those guys along, like as far as the playbook and the weight room uh, on the field and practice, encourage those guys, let them know they got to step up early and often and, and they'll be pretty good. Charveris, we appreciate your time today, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on From the Podium, you just heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, defensive end Frank Clark, and cornerback Charvarius Ward. We're going to continue on here with running back DeAndre Washington. Here's Washington. All right, guys. Let's start off with Harold Kuntz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, DeAndre. Welcome to Kansas City, man. Um, 
Question for you, obviously, with playing with Patrick Mahomes in college, just uh, what was that experience like coming back to playing with him, everything normal? And then any funny stories of him from uh, Texas Tech that you kind of don't want to bring up in public, but you can bring up with us maybe safely? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just crazy how, uh, you know, sometimes life comes full circle, man, um, kind of see him in his beginning stage at Tech and then kind of see him, you know, elevate to the, you know, the stage he's at now, man, it's been a, you know, a pleasure to see. So definitely excited to be back, uh, you know, back playing with him. Uh, as far as, like, stories, man, you know, Tech was, Tech was a fun time, man. Uh, I'm trying to think, kind of put me on the spot. Uh, I don't got nothing off the top of my head right now, though. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, DeAndre. Thank you for taking some time. We had mentioned during uh, your initial signing availability how excited you were to have opportunities toward the end of last year with the Raiders uh, to come to Kansas City and then to see them take a running back. And then now you have um, Damian who's opted out, meaning more opportunities likely will be available. Just what has this roller coaster sort of been like for you this offseason? Yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, prior to making my decision, I felt like uh, coming to Kansas City was a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, even before uh, they drafted, um, you know, the, the back, uh, Clyde, um, I, I think he's a great back. But, you know, how this you know, his game goes, but, uh, you know, guys are going to roll, you know, it's a long season. So I feel like, you know, definitely a lot of opportunities for, you know, uh, everybody to eat, man. I think with uh, Coach Reed, his offense, he he's shown over plenty of time that he knows how to get his playmakers a ball. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, making my plays when I get my opportunities. Let's go to Bob Fesco. Go ahead, Bob. I want to kind of go back to what Harold asked about Mahomes. And when you were watching him in college, did you ever think that he'd be at the level that he's at now? 100%, man. It's a crazy thing, uh, you know, kind of guys I joke with, you know, just from my hometown is that, you know, his his practice film is is, is – more scary than his game field, you know, when he's kind of just just winging it and doing what he wanted to do, you know, on the practice field, he got some, you know, some pretty um, exciting plays, but, uh, you know, he's just, you know, some guys, you know, you play with, he just kind of got the effect that he's one of those guys that's just got, he's able to make plays that, you know, most guys can't make, and, um, you know, he did that in high school, he did it in college, and he's still doing it, um, still doing it now. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, DeAndre, it kind of like the, the piggyback off of what Pete Sweeney asked you earlier. Last season in Oakland, you worked with a rookie running back in Josh Jacobs, and I'm curious, what was that experience like, and how, how similar do you think that experience would be like working with, with Clyde? Uh, I mean, pretty, pretty similar experience. You know, um, you know, both, I feel like, great backs. Um, both um, have, you know, great strengths to, to their game. And, uh, you know, my experience with Josh last year, you know, I, and the I, same thing I told Clyde is that, uh, you know, so it, it's a long season. Just take care of your body. And, uh, you know, guys, guys are going to roll. You know, guys are going to get their reps. And, uh, you know, you know, he don't have to feel like he has to take every rep or, you know, have to be the guy right now. You know, I understand that, you know, you're coming in as a rookie, you're hungry. And, you know, and I, and I want him to shine. And when Josh will get hot in the game, you know, I would tell Josh to stay in the game. Like, no reason to come out. You know, even when we had a rotation, like, and you hot, you know, so stay in the game and keep going. And um, and I'll keep that same, you know, that same energy with Clyde. You know, uh, any game I can give him, just from my experience, I'm definitely going to shoot it out to him. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him sign. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, DeAndre. Good to see you. Um, after your reaction to Damian opting out this season and understanding based on experience, you know, the, the, the teammate uh, rely on you as soon as obviously the opening week, 
Um, how much do you think you gained and grasped out of the remote offseason program that puts you in position to be ready to play uh, come week one? And also because of the way the Chiefs sort of operate offense in terms of passing the football, uh, what's it been like recently and obviously moving forward in building the chemistry as a receiver for Patrick based on what you guys did in college? Um, so the first question, um, you know, I, I was excited to go. I was ready to go. Um, you know, it was unfortunate that, you know, they did opt out. Um, but I think, you know, what I can say that the offense is kind of pretty similar um, that I did run in Oakland, just kind of different terminology and things in that nature. So I've been able to pick up on the uh, you know, offense, you know, pretty good uh, so far. Um, my bad. Repeat the second question for me again. Just with now getting to be on the field with Patrick again, just what's it like to sort of build that chemistry from a receiving standpoint, given how much the Chiefs pass the football? Yeah, uh, we, we was able to get a few workouts in this offseason to kind of um, kickstart it a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, over these next few weeks, especially uh, once we start to amp things up a little bit, you know, we'll be able to get more acclimated. But, uh, you know, it's just been good to kind of be, be back out there with him and be back out there. You know, with just with these guys, you know, new teammates, new environment, um, new energy. You know, it's a, it's a it's a it's an exciting time right now. Guys come out for Super Bowl wins, so you know, guys are definitely you know, very excited, very confident, which I love. And um, you know, I'm just looking to come in and compete, man, and you know, show that you know what I can do, and uh, you know, you know, make my make my mark known in this offense. Let's go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Hey, DeAndre, one more about uh, Texas Tech from me. In, in 2015, your senior year, you led the Big 12 in rushing, and I just want to know how good that Texas Tech offense was that year. Yeah, man, we, you know, it's crazy. We had weapons, man. We actually had another a receiver that got drafted, a guy named Jakeem Grant. And, um, you know, between me, him, and Pat, man, we were just, you know, we were running and gunning, man. We had, we had, we were hot that year on offense, and, um, you know, we just, you know, it was, it was a trifecta, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, Pat doing his thing and you know, me on the, on the ground game, and then, you know, our receiving game was always, you know, pretty good. So we were just able to uh, kind of just feed off each other and, um, you know, able to have a good year statistically on offense that year. All right, let's go to the last one, and that's Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, just to go back to that year, that's what my question was about. Uh, you know, you nearly had 1,900 yards from scrimmage. That's a huge number of nearly 400 of those was were receiving. I just, when you think back to that year, what do you think was so special between the dynamic uh, between yourself and, and Pat? Um, just being able to feed off each other's energy. Um, you know, you have a quarterback like that guys can't really, um, you know, key in on the run game. And um, so that was, you know, that, was, that opened up opportunities for me and, um, you know, and having a successful run game was like opened up opportunities for our pass game, being able to, you know, go over the top on guys. And uh, so I think it was just kind of just keying off, you know, feeding off each other's energy. And uh, like I said, we kind of got hot early. And then, you know, that, uh, momentum kind of just, you know, rolled, up, rolled through the season, man, offensively. Man, I wish we could have, you know, won a couple more games, of course. But, uh, you know, uh, offensively, we were hot, though, for sure. DeAndre, we had one more pop-up. Let's go to Adam Teicher to close us out. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, DeAndre. Um you played with uh, Kaliche for a couple of years, I think, in Oakland, right? Um, what was he like? What what made his game stand out to you as a, as a back? A dog. He's a dog, man. He's he's one of the time, man. He's as a as a running back. He's one of those guys that you love running behind. He's going to make sure that he imposes his will on whoever's going, whoever's lined up in front of him. He's going to finish guys, and you know, Kaliche is one of my you know favorite alumni I've, I've ever played with. Man. 
DeAndre, we appreciate you taking the time today. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, Kaliche, welcome to Kansas City, man. Appreciate it. Hey, a, a two-part question here for you. You obviously played for uh, Coach Andy Reid, and, and you had experience with them at the, the Pro Bowl in 2017. What stood out to you the most working out with them? And then the second part to that is how much of that contributed to your decision to play here in Kansas City? Um, yeah, what stood out to me the most is they were uh, they were so relaxed. Like, they were just so – like loose they're just out there having fun like uh cracking jokes and stuff like that in the huddle uh so i liked how loose they were um and then they would just go out and make plays so that was like dope to see like i, I kind of came from places where everybody was just really you know serious all the time so that was like real cool um and that kind of tied into it uh my decision coming here um coach reed uh, just with his ability to draw up like these crazy plays, um, seeing that firsthand, uh, that that was that was dope. So yeah, that was that was a big part of uh, what what uh, brought me here. Let's go to Bob Fesco. Go ahead, Bob. You know, you've had the opportunity to uh, play behind, or not play behind, but you know, play on the other side of the field of Patrick Mahomes. Now you get the opportunity to play with him. What have you seen so far from Patrick, and and what's it going to be like to play with the uh, the uh, the MVP? Uh, it's been crazy, man. It's uh, been crazy seeing him at practice, like, just casually throwing the ball 70 yards, just, like, flicking it. Uh, that's been crazy to see. He's got a lot of talent. Um, and his speed as well, um, you know, just, like, on option plays and stuff like that. Uh, also, his intelligence uh, and all the different uh, cadences that he that he rattles through and, and checking the audibles and stuff like that. For a guy that young to have command like that, his confidence is pretty impressive for how young he is. Um, that's that's been pretty cool to see firsthand up close. Let's go to Lynn Jennings. Go ahead, Lynn. Uh, Kaliche, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. I just uh, more on Mahomes. He has a knack to improvise uh, back there. Uh, does that, and being a veteran like yourself, does that kind of change or force you to kind of change your style or your game? That maybe something you're not used to, or have you had some experience? with guys who are mobile and, and like to improvise like that? Um, I've had a little bit of experience with guys that are, that are mobile. Uh, when I was in Baltimore um, with my backup uh, quarterback, uh, I had a pretty athletic guy back there. Um, and I had a little bit of experience with uh, Sam. He's faster than people think. Uh, I need to scramble around a little bit as well. And obviously Derek is a guy that's pretty athletic and likes to move around and likes to get outside of the pocket and, and make plays. So, um, I, I've had a few quarterbacks that, that scramble around and do that. Um, it makes it fun because you get to react. You know, you're blocking your guy. You kind of see his eyes light up and him drop back. So you get to, like, be the aggressor, um, which I kind of like to do in pass pro. Um, so it actually makes it a little bit uh, more fun and exciting. You know, you're not just, like, sitting back and, you know, setting or whatever and just sitting there. Um, anything can happen at any moment. And to me, like, that makes it, uh, the game more fun and makes it more exciting. So uh, it's going to be fun to be back there with a playmaker like that. Um, knowing that the play can get extended and we can end up running outside of the pocket and I can pick up like an extra blocker, or catch somebody, hit somebody trying to jump, put his hands in the air or something like that. So um, I'm excited about it. Let's go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Hey, I just want to know uh, where you were, what you were doing, and, um, and what was your reaction when you found out it was the Chiefs? Um, so this offseason, I was training in San Diego, uh, 
with a guy that is primarily like jujitsu and mixed martial arts and stuff like that, uh, working on core and leverage and stuff, building that type of strength. And then came back up to San Francisco to put on the, uh, put some weight back on. I got down to like 290 and then built back up to 310, started like the heavy squats and stuff like that, uh, conditioning, running on the beach. Um, I was actually at the park with my girlfriend and got the call. Uh, it was somebody's birthday party. Um, so I kind of like had to walk somewhere and get somewhere quiet. Um, and I was pretty excited. I was fired up. I mean, obviously, like the first thing I thought of uh, was playing with moms. And then I actually uh, accidentally leaked his phone number uh, because I, uh, I, like, I, you know, I had like the, the Instagram or whatever. I did a video and it had his number out there and I had to like take it down real quick. But I was so excited I didn't even think about it. Um, yeah, like I was pretty hyped. My agent called me, um, you know, and, you know, instantly the first thing I thought about was this is a really good team. Um, we got a chance to win a championship. Um, you know, I haven't won one and I think it's been eight seasons uh, since my rookie year. Uh, so I thought immediately, like, this would be a beautiful way to, you know, kind of uh, cap off uh, a long NFL career. So. Um, those are all the thoughts that were going through my head. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, thanks for taking some time. So uh, your signing came very shortly after uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the right guard, opted out. I know that you have a ton of experience at left guard. Um, have the Chiefs talked to you at all about maybe the position along the line that, that you will play? Do you have a preference? Do you feel comfortable if they wanted you to go to right guard? You could do it. I was just curious where you stand on that. Yeah, I'm pretty open. Um, when I came into this game, I was – tackle I never played guard in my life so um yeah I'm pretty open they've kind of just said I'm going to be in the rotation I'm learning the playbook right now obviously um there's a lot of wrinkles to learn but in any way uh shape or form I'm able to help uh, I'm excited to just do my part you know and help a, a franchise that knows how to win continue to do so let's go to Nate Taylor go ahead Nate hey Gleechee it's nice to meet you um in getting with an offensive line that's pretty veteran savvy, particularly on the tackles with Eric and, and Mitchell, just um, from watching the Chiefs and kind of getting an idea of what the playbook is, how much of they, uh, how much can you build chemistry right now before you do sort of more on the field practice work? And then what about the Chiefs when you looked at their offensive line last year? Do you feel like you can translate your skills to in terms of helping them uh, become and stay a top offense? Um, so I would say in terms of building chemistry, um, we're here, you know, 7, 8 a.m. till you know, 6 p.m. And so we're around each other all the time, cracking jokes, sharing music, just hanging out, lifting weights and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we're building our chemistry right now. Um, in terms of what I've seen with those guys, uh, technically sound, like once, like two of the most technically sound tackles I've seen play the game. And I've been around the game for a while and I'd say like they're, they're really high up there in terms of their technique. They're very consistent. Um, that's something that I definitely need to work on to get on that type of level. So that's something that I need to, you know, I can learn from them. But I think what I bring to it is the physicality, you know, the finish, the aggression. Um, that's definitely what I bring to the table. So hopefully I can learn from them and they can, they can learn from me um, in terms of that type of intensity, especially on Sundays. All right, looks like we got a couple more guys. Let's go Matt, Derek, and then we'll finish with Danny. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, welcome to Kansas City. Um, curious, how are you feeling, you know, particularly with the shoulder from last year? And, you know, is, is coming to Kansas City and this group uh, kind of a breath of fresh air after your experience with New York last year? 
Um, yeah, uh, I'm feeling pretty great. Um, I think like we had bench the other day, I put up 375 for five on my last set. So I'm feeling strong, I'm feeling like my old self. Uh, in terms of coming back here, yeah, it's definitely a, a breath of fresh air to be back here. Um, I played my college career out here at Iowa State a couple hours away. So it's good to be around the nice people of the Midwest again. So that's been pretty cool and getting to link up with all my college friends and stuff like that. Um, that's been pretty cool. Um, in terms of uh, the whole Jess situation, I'm just kind of glad that I can put my, that behind me right now and just to focus on being here and being part of an organization like this. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to moving on and uh, to that next chapter of my career and uh, winning some football games. Okay, let's go to Danny to close us out. Go ahead, Danny. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Welcome to Kansas City. Um, okay, so we've talked to Andy a lot about how this offseason – and how weird it is, is really the toughest on linemen. So when it comes to like timing and footwork to kind of build on Nate's question, how do you overcome that? And especially without a preseason, how do you get all the timing and chemistry together on the offensive line? So the way we've been doing it is with uh, individual drills. Obviously we have uh, the other linemen line up against us and, um, you know, we work on timing, we work on punching, um, on pass sets and stuff like that and on combos. So we just do that with bags. Um, obviously, that's different than doing that against a live person that's going to move out of the way. But right now, that's how we're doing it. And we have a pretty veteran group, so everybody pretty pretty much generally knows like how to slide, how to set, how to punch. So um, it's been pretty good so far. And these guys have all been together uh, for a while now. So it's really like, you know, when I'm in there, I just kind of like get, get the energy from them. I kind of see how they set and what their technique is. And then I just kind of match that. So that's how it's been working so far. Kalechi, we appreciate your time today, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.